Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Jessica Toon. I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Information, forms, and laws referenced in this episode are accurate as of the date this episode is first released. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. Hey, John. Hey, Jessica. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Today on Caveat Realtor, we're going to talk about a real, real life and recent fair housing case um, that happened in Virginia. So the Attorney General's office just settled a case in February with a landlord regarding an assistance animal request. That's right. So the couple making the request was running a townhome in Pulaski County. One of them had an assistance animal, which is a pretty hefty 110-pound dog for her PTSD condition. The tenant informed the property manager of the animal and requested a reasonable accommodation to have the animal stay in the property with them. The tenant also requested the accommodation after moving into the property with the animal and provided verification of her disability-related need to the property manager. Well, the property manager denied the request and imposed a pet deposit fee on the couple and then tried to also impose a weight limit on the animal being permitted in the property. Further, the owner of the property then sent them a letter threatening eviction if they didn't remove the dog from the property. In that letter, he wrote, and I quote, It has come to my attention that you have a pet residing in your unit. It makes no difference that it is an emotional support dog. It is still a pet, end quote. He gave them one week to remove the dog from the property. Obviously, this owner has never taken a class with us because the first thing we say is not a pet. Absolutely not a pet. Um, So let's break down all the problems here because they are multitude um, and all the steps that the property manager and the owner took. So first, as I just said, Assistance animal is not a pet under the eyes of the law and may not be treated as one would treat a pet. It certainly does make a difference. In fact, many differences that the dog was an emotional support dog or assistance animal as defined under Virginia law. That's right. You may not charge a pet deposit for an assistance animal. You may not charge extra rent and you may not impose any restrictions when it comes to the type of animal and its breed or size simply because you might have those policies for pets. Right. And it's not to say you must accept any kind of animal as an assistance animal, but you have to look at the request individually and not according to any specific policy. Also, you may charge the tenant for damages the animal caused while living in the property, but you can't charge a deposit in advance, assuming that there may be damages. Second issue here, um, the tenant made the request and presented verification of her disability and or the disability related need, but the property manager either ignored it or denied it with seemingly no legal justification. A landlord or property manager may certainly ask for verification of these things if they are not readily apparent. The tenant must then provide verification from someone with whom they have a therapeutic relationship. So that obviously begs the question, what is a therapeutic relationship? Virginia Code defines it as someone who provides, quote, medical care, program care, or personal care services in good faith to the person with a disability, end quote. This person could be a mental health services provider, um, someone licensed or certified to serve persons with disabilities, or someone from a peer support group, a caregiver, a third party, or a governmental entity with knowledge of the person's disability. 
So John, that's a pretty wide range of available options. The key here, and the reason the law was written this way, is that the therapeutic provider knows the person with the disability and has knowledge of their disability and why they need the animal for support. It also specifies that certain verifiers, like a peer support group, cannot be ones that charge fees. This means that a purchased online emotional support animal certification is generally not going to cut it. But it may mean that a licensed counselor in Florida or a peer support counselor in Texas would be able to verify. It just depends on whether that person has had a therapeutic relationship with the person requesting the reasonable accommodation. There's no requirement that the person have a certain license or that they be based in Virginia. Depor issued a guidance document in 2017 that can help you make these determinations. Importantly, the verification process should be interactive and happen in good faith, much like the rest of the reasonable accommodation process. It does not appear that this process was followed for the couple in this case. In fact, the owner did attempt to evict the couple, which is when this case started its legal process. The Virginia Fair Housing Office investigated the claims, and the Virginia Fair Housing Board found reasonable cause that the owner and property managers had unlawfully discriminated against the couple. The unlawful discrimination alleged included, one, refusing to grant a reasonable accommodation, two, refusing to rent based on a disability, three, imposing discriminatory terms and conditions based on a disability, and four, intimidating, harassing, or coercing on account of having exercised fair housing rights. The press release from the Attorney General's office does not go into detail about the fourth allegation of intimidation or harassment, but a Roanoke Times news article noted that the tenants had filed a suit regarding maintenance issues. So this is a good reminder that when a landlord and tenant have a disagreement, even if it rises to a contentious level, the landlord or property manager must still, if able, fulfill their obligations under the law, like maintenance requests. Otherwise, you could be looking at additional charge or allegation for delayed or unequal maintenance or services, which if there's already a fair housing issue brewing, can be attributed to that and included as such. So to wrap this case up, what did it cost the defendants? The plaintiffs here asked for $66,307 in compensatory damages and $50,000 in punitive damages. The case settled before trial for $30,000 in compensation to the couple, an order that the landlord attend fair housing training annually for three years, and an order that they adopt non-discrimination and reasonable accommodation policies. So let's take it to the legal hotline because we do get questions on assistance animals. So we're gonna share some with you. A question that we get a lot is some variation of this. Do I have to accept an American pit bull as an assistance animal? So the answer is you cannot deny a reasonable accommodation based on animal type or breed alone. You have to treat each request on its own merit and enter into the discussion in good faith, trying to find some kind of solution. Now, you may have valid concerns about the safety of other tenants or the cost of insuring the property, but you must evaluate those concerns at the time of the request and not make a policy based on hypothetical concerns. Reasonable accommodation may include asking the insurance company for a reasonable accommodation to their policy, uh, changing your insurance, or finding a unit for the tenant that does not share yard space with small children, for example. Um, these are just some examples of good faith effort and conversation, just trying to find a solution to work for both parties. All right, Jessica, next question. I'm a managing broker. An agent in our office has a rental listing, and the condo building does not allow for pets over 25 pounds. 
Prospective tenant has applied for the property with a 35-pound emotional support dog. It's my understanding that an emotional support dog requires an accommodation, but do the building's weight restrictions for pets disallow the dog to be on the premises? The building's weight restrictions for pets do not apply to this request for an assistance animal because, as we discussed earlier, it's not considered a pet under the law. You may not deny this request based on the animal's weight, and you must evaluate the request based on the person's disability and disability-related need. All right, John, last question. I used DPOR's guidance document to ask a therapeutic provider some questions regarding an applicant's disability-related need, including how many in-person sessions they had within the last year. The doctor responded, quote, it is inappropriate for you to ask this question per federal HIPAA laws. I can say we use federally accepted and approved COVID-19 telehealth methods per current federal guidelines. The letter came from a recovery group located in Pennsylvania, and the doctor appears to practice in Arizona. What do I do? So we want to look back to the D4 guidance document on this, the one that was issued in 2017, and it does provide some helpful questions that you may ask a verifier. However, it's important to know there are no right responses. Nothing in the law requires that the person have attended in-person sessions, um, nor that the verifier be located or licensed in a certain state. These questions are meant to guide you in your discussion, and they may lead to answers that show the person does not have a therapeutic relationship with the requester. The person receiving the request must make that determination based on the available information. It's good that you have written documentation of your request for information. Now let's talk about limiting your risk. Have a policy and process that your office follows for reasonable accommodation fair housing requests. However, when it comes to assistance animals, that policy should not include any automatic decisions based on animal type, breed, or size. Remember that assistance animals are not considered pets under the law and cannot result in extra rent charges or pet deposits. Enter into conversations regarding assistance animal requests in good faith and make sure you handle all such communications in writing. Thanks for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes and rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline, where we can provide you with legal information. You can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the Legal tab on the For Members section. Make sure you are logged in to see this page. Well, the members of this podcast are attorneys. The legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on as-is basis. We make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2021. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license.